theyeshiva.net. Okay, Siv base. So we've been exploring the process of creation, which is yesh me'ayin, and the process of avoida, which is me'ayin, the creation is yesh from ayin, and avoida is ayin from yesh, 154 Pedic base. Second column, siv base. The process of creation is me'ayin liyesh. The process of avoid is miyesh ayin, especially during the Indian of the concept of karbonus, bringing the animal back to its source, and that's the same concept of tefillah. Pedic base. Achlohavin lama ba karbon atomid minakevish. To understand the main carbon that was done every day, which is connected to tefillah, is the tefillahs are connected to midim, was brought after from the sheep. We said that all animals, their chiyus comes from Pnei Shor. And all chayas, their chiyus comes from Pnei Arya. And the carbon brings back the soul of the behemoth back to Pnei Shor, to the Merkava. And for that, there was music during the carbon. And from there it goes deeper to the Arya. Just like the Koyan brings up the carbon down here, the Arya, which is Chesed, brings up the carbon up there. Yeminoi Techapkeni, it goes back to Oden Saif Baruch Humamash, and that's the concept of Tefillah. But the tefillah is connected to a specific carbon. And that carbon was the carbon tamid, like we say, And here's the question, why the sheep tafka? Why the keves tafka? Despite the fact that the life of the souls of the behemoths comes ultimately from the spiritual source known as the face of the ox in the Merkava. And through a carbon it goes back to that space. Every animal down here is really a spiritual, a physical manifestation of divine energy. And the carbon really doesn't mean destruction of the animal. It means sublimation of the animal. Hashem chose sheep. I find this to be a very fascinating, beautiful expression. Bachar Hashem bekvasim dafke. The Rebbeinu Shalolam Hashem chose sheep. Last time it says in the Torah, "Sakevus Echad." Means it's a mitzvah. A mitzvah means Hashem chose sheep dafke. Shakevus yesh loy kol rachamim midaser shal Yaakov. It happens to be that the sound, the voice of a keves is unique. It's known as a kol rachamim. It's a voice that triggers compassion. It triggers rachamim. You ever hear a sheep, uh, the meh of a sheep, even a heart of stone, right? There's something very uh, delicate, delicate sensitive, docile, submissive. It's a lot of rachamim in the coil of the kevas, which is midaser shal Yaakov, who is considered vakvasim hifrid Yaakov. We learned once in the Maim of Sfiris Oimer the connection of kvasim to Yaakov. V'gam hakevas yeshloit semer ba'oydoi shemimenu roiv hamalbusha. It's also the cabbage the sheep has wool in its skin. Its skin is full of tzemer, wool, which roiv hamalbushim. Most of the garments come from wool. Kamashah Kosov, as the Possek says, in Eiv, in Perek Lamed Aleph, the Possek says, Umigez kvasim yischamam. From the giza, from the shearing, from the wool of sheep, 
one becomes warm. So he brings a pasik that our warmth, meaning our garments come from the giza. Giza is when you cut, when you have you you shear the wool. It's called giza, megez, What's the connection? So here comes a long explanation. The skin of the kevesh is that which covers the body of the sheep. Especially it becomes cold. So the sheep, like many animals, they need a coat. They have a natural coat. You look sometimes outside in the bitter, muncy New York winters, and you look at the deer and the other animals, and you have rachmanis on them, that they're not sitting in a house with a fire, uh, a fireplace burning, warming their bones up like we. They have the oil, they have the fur, or whatever it is, their coats, in which they can survive. So Lamaila Hine who inyan harakia. The Ur, as he's going to explain soon, represents what we call the Rakia, the firmament, the heaven. And just like on our skin, we have here, we have Cyrus, and the same is true in animal skin. On the animal skin there could be Cyrus, or in the case of the sheep, it's tzemer. It's not just here, but it's actually wool, which we make Levushim out of. So the same is true spiritually. The rakia is the source of what's called sirufayosis, combinations of letters which represent here. Every letter are here. Shalza Razal. On this, the Chazal tell us in Masech the Chagiga, Shahamalach Sandlefoin, Koshik Sarim Lekoinoi Mitsirufayosis Atvila. There's an angel called Sandalfin. And from the Oisius of davening of the Jewish people, he takes the Oisius. And he weaves crowns to his creator from the oisius of the Jewish people that they utter during tefillah. He takes those letters and he ties crowns from it. And the Balatanya says, These are ancient ideas. No need to elaborate on it. In other words, obviously there's a lot of depth in these metaphors and expressions. And some he's going to get back to. But he says he's not going to get into now everything. These are ancient ideas. Ach, what he wants to get to is In every animal you have different parts. You have the flesh, the meat. You have the fat. You have the blood. You have the arteries, the sinews. You have the bones. All of this went on to the Mizbeach. In the case of the carbon tamid, it was called a carbon oil because it all went up on the altar. But not the fur. All the skin and the wool, that was given to the kayan. That was the halacha by every carbon oil. That what oil, oil, shehikriv, la kayan lo yia, pasakin vayikri perik zayin, the oiris ha oil go to the kayan. Everything else goes onto the mizbeach. I mean, they took out some of the some of the unclean parts, but generally the bones and all the meat. You had karbanas shlamim that the meat didn't go on the mizbeach. Only the chelav, only certain fats. The rest were eaten by the kayanim or by the people. Most of it by the people who owned it. But the oila, everything in terms of the skeleton, the bones, the meat, the fat, and the blood went right onto the mizbeach. Of course, some of the blood was sprinkled on the mizbeach. 
And the rest, the fur went to the Koyan as a gift, the outer skin. Now, if everything in a carbon exists in tefillah, so now the question is, what is that in davening? There's a part of davening, which is the blood, the fat, the meat, and the bones, and the sinews that goes on the mezbeach. There's a part of davening, which is the fur, the skin, the wool, that goes to the kayan. What does this represent? Tefillah is connected to mid and tikkun. The reason is because the skin, you wanted to give the Koyan something. On a deeper level, the skin can't go and be submerged with the Chiyus, the original life of the animal. The Nefesh Bahamas. The carbon takes the soul of the animal and brings it back to its source. The skin can't become part of that. The meat, yes. The fat, yes. The blood, yes. The sinews, yes. The bones, yes. So it can't be burnt. You take it and you give the whole skin with the wool as is. They would skin the sheep and give it all to the client with its semen. So now we have to understand what does this mean? What's basar? What's gidden? What's atzamas? All a mile above. Al derech mash. Here we have the famous Yisoyed. Nothing in the physical world that's not a reflection of a spiritual reality. So when you see meat here, or fat here, or blood here, or bones here, or fur here, or wool here, it all represents an energy. In fact, the spiritual counterpart is much more, is, is equally significant to this physical. The physical is a manifestation of the spiritual. It doesn't begin with the physical, it begins with the spiritual, because everything, as we learn to say, everything exists first in ayin, and then it comes in yesh, and then the ayin continues lower and lower and lower, until it becomes physical. So when you see wool down here, you have to know, what is wool up there? You see fat here, what is fat there? What is flesh up there? What are bones? What are skeletons up there? In other words, it's looking at the universe and seeing the physical as a prism through which you can see the spiritual. We'll understand this from basically learning what it's discussed in Sifre books of Chachmas Hanituach. You know what Chachmas Hanituach is? Uh, uh, the anatomy, the chachma of nituach. Nituach literally means to cut, but it's the word huh? dissect. So it's the svarim that deal with surgery, with the wisdom of surgeries of nituach, which is basically appreciating the anatomy of the physiological structure of the animal or of the human being, or any organism that you're dealing with. So in the svarim of chachmas nituach, we find the following concept. Bones, the creation of bones, is uniquely connected to the brain. The creation, the ishavus, habosser of the flesh, is uniquely connected to the blood, which the primarily residence of the blood, the part that pumps the blood and generates the blood is the heart, shemimenu nasabosser from which the blood creates the flesh, the bosser. Where the bones are created directly from the mayach. 
or Kamayim Razal, the Gemara says in Nida, Loiven Shemimenu Atzamais. Loiven, which is the white, the sperm, the seed of life, is called the Loiven, which is associated with the Mayach from where the Atzamas come. The heart is the place where the midos dwell, the emotions dwell. Ava, love, yira. When you feel love, the heart is on fire. You'll say, the, the, the heart's brent. Everything is connected to the brain. There's no emotion that's not from the brain. But the place where midos dwell, where they're experienced, is in the heart. The heart beats faster. Passion is a hard experience. It's literally retichas adam means zudikeblut. Uh, the blood becomes hot. You'll say a hot-blooded person. Retichas adam means that in the heart, the hot, the blood becomes hot. Whether it's avira, taivagashmi, is nitzuach, the love could be positive. The love could not necessarily be positive. Sometimes a person is in love, or is addicted or has inclinations to things that may be destructive, that may be broken. But this is where their passion is. Or they have different types of taivis. Unitsuach, they have to win. It's also a taiva. I have to win. I have to win every fight, every argument. The kachlamayla on a spiritual level, machana mechol ba'ava aza, machana gavriel is yira. The camp of mechol represents intense love. The camp of gavriel, intense awe. Hey, nimchines ha-basr, ha-nimshech min adam these all represent the flesh that come from the blood in the heart. Machna mechol, machna gavriel. Achadas va'asogeshem asigim bigdula sein seiv baruchu kol chad lefim shurid aleil lefim adrigasai hubchines ha'atzamis shabayin min amayach. In Yiddishkeit, there's two components. There's the heart and there's the mind. The heart, the emotions, the retichas adamim, the blood. That's connected to the heart and it's connected to the basar, the meat, the flesh. Then there's the atzama, the bones are connected to the moyach, that is the das, the comprehension, the awareness, that everyone according to their own shir can comprehend something about godliness. Nobody, no two people the same. Everybody, lefum shir delay, according to his own shir, lefim madrigos. V'hinei agam, sh'amid desen lefi das v'asaga, ki lefi sikhla yuhula lishkotin lefi katni v'gadol lefi gadloi. Although midas are always commensurate with your das, as the Pasuk says, according to one seichel, a man will be praised, which he means that every person's midas are based on a seichel. Your emotions are always based on your awareness. Not the entire das could be manifested in emotions. Because comprehension is in the truth, the greatness of Ein Soif. Shekishmai Kenu Ein Lai Soif. And if it's Ein Lai Soif, how do you expect the emotions to contain infinity? By definitions, emotions can't contain infinity because they're infinite. So therefore, you can't expect that everything you understand should be manifested in emotion. It can't be. A human being is finite, and emotion is about human excitement. And you can't expect me to get excited by something that is completely transcendent, because it's not me. For me to get excited, I have to feel that it speaks to me. For me to feel that it speaks to me, it has to be finite. Infinity can't speak to me, because I'm finite. For something to excite me, it has to be relevant to my life. If it's relevant to my life, it's finite. If it's infinite, it's like 
thank you very much, but no thank you. I can't do anything with it emotionally. I can understand it, at least on some level, because understanding is not about me. Understanding is, could be abstract too. So he says, Your malchus extends over all the worlds. It goes above without end and below without end. In other words, the higher you go, you still didn't get there. You can go higher and higher. The lower you go, you also didn't get there. You can go lower and lower. Has no beginning and no end. He has the word mamish. Malchus chamalchus kolaylamim is in terms of place. Memshaltucha bechol dervadoid is time. In Sefi Yitzira, we know reality is made up of three components: oilam, shana, nefesh, space, time, and spirit. Every experience in life is a convergence of three elements. There is where you are, the space. There is the time you're in, and there is the presence in that space in that time. Right now, Monday morning, 7.37 a.m. is the time. But other people at the same time are somewhere else. You happen to be here. So that's the space and the time. And then there's who's here. So everything is oilam shana nefesh. And that's how we live our lives. So in oilam, it's malchus chamalchus kalaylamim. You could find God in every space. in every time. And the same is true in every person. Which means no space is devoid of him, mamish. If the whole askala would be involved in midas, the midas could never contain it. They would be obliterated. The Gemara says in Sanhedrin, Hashem stretched out his pinky among the malachim, and they got burnt. What is that? A pinky. Pinky is only one of ten fingers, which basically represents malchus, the tenth finger, the tiniest finger, and even that was too intense. What comes into midis is a restricted ray. Very little bit from the comprehension of the mind that can come into the heart and the place of the Midas, Vehemim Pchines Gidin V'Arkim. What's that? He's translated, Arkim. Uh, the arteries. The sinews and the arteries. HaMechabrim HaAtzamaisim HaBasar. Which connect the bones with the flesh. It's the arteries, uh, ligaments, that represent physically the spiritual transition from brain to heart, or in the, the Lushen of this Maimer, from the bones to the flesh, and it has to go through those arteries because it has to be limited in order for the Midas to contain them. The anatomy of the body, in other words, is a reflection of the spiritual anatomy of the soul. The physiological structure of a person is a mirror of the spiritual structure of the human being here and also in higher worlds. What's the Nakuda being conveyed here? And we come here to another fascinating idea and one that also 
was evoked some debate during the, its time. The Balatanya here is analyzing two different streams in Yiddishkeit. The stream of Hasaga, comprehension, intellect, understanding, das, awareness, connected to the mind. And the stream of passion, ave, yir, riticha sadamim, heisablut, feeling. It's the difference of knowing and going through your body. Yes, yes. There's knowledge, and then there's going through your body. Experiential Judaism. Experiential Judaism. Now, as you know, we have very little experience with experiential Judaism. We Jews love the mind. We love the mind. Experiential Judaism, by definition, is the person feels it. They're excited about it. What's the role of Das? What's the role of Midas? In the time of the Balatanya, this became a big debate among the Hasidic masters. I touched on it a few times, but here we see a different angle in it. When you read the works of the Baal Shem Tev and the Magid, you'll see they always appeal to the heart. Generally, when people will speak about the world of Hasidus, they'll always say, they wanted to give Jews emotions. The literature was learning, 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 learning. And the Polish Yidin said, the hearts, the hearts. Rachmana Liba boy, the Yiddish hearts, emotions. It's abyssal passions. Give me some feelings. Stop with the chkiris, with the pulpula. The hearts. The Balatanya in that sense is a very enigmatic figure. Because he was a quintessential Litvak in many ways. Even his chsidis. It's full of haskala, full of lumdus. And never, his niglas, chsidis, all of it. This was a debate that was going on very heavily. I told you once about Ram Kalisker, his colleague wrote to him a very sharp letter about the Tanya. I read the Tanya, I don't like it, it's too intellectual. It's a Sefer Asecha. And he brings a Pasuk in Emmer, Bas Koyen ki Seicha Liznois Baesh Tisarif, Afayadikavarti says. It says in Zoya, Koyen is Chachma. Bas Koyen, you know what the result of too much intellect is? Ki Seicha you become a Zoyna. You use your mind too much and you become a zayna. You know what the eights is? Ba'esh tisarif. Just get burnt up in fire. He says, what are you with your intellect? The main thing is fire, passion. Wake up in the soul of Jews. The soul is passionate to God and you'll have emotion. Emotion, emotion. And therefore in other Hasidic circles the main focus was his slavos, his structures. The davening with emotion sitting together with emotion, singing nigunim with emotion, fabrenging together by with emotion, when they would gather together, learning with emotion, mitzvahs with emotion, his slav was passion. And the truth is, he had a very strong point. What's knowledge going to do for you? The main thing is experience. Life should be experienced. Life should be emotional. The mind is, could be detached. People could learn about things, it has nothing to do with them. It doesn't create a dent in them, right? They learn, and an hour later it's all over, it's all finished. I told you once, there was a professor in Cambridge, Bertrand Russell, a real atheist and not a very ethical person, in terms of his marriage and other things. And, they once, and it was very open. So they once asked him, he taught ethics. How do you teach ethics when everybody knows you're unethical? He says, I teach trigonometry, I teach mathematics, I teach algebra, and I'm not a circle, I'm not a triangle. <laughs> you could teach ethics and I'll be ethical. Why? 
I learn. So it's like a computer. Yeah, did you ever see somebody, yeah? I never saw anybody. They come into my office, have an Oitzah HaChachma. Yeah? You see an Oitzah HaChachma, you should jump up. The biggest cover that time is for Oitzah HaChachma. You know how much time is there? Nobody knows as much as Oitzah HaChachma, the disc. The answer is a disc. Google knows much more than everybody. Yeah? L'chei Nikrish my Google, because it's the greatest Godel. Google Adar, yeah? Kiyadua. They say, Talmud, the Gemara says, Talmud Chachem Ikri Shabbos. Why? Because on Shabbos you can't use Google. So you see if it's a Talmud Chachem or not. <laughs> Middle of the week, you check up on your phone, you know everything. Right? You can know the whole Shas. But nobody stands up in front of an iPhone. Even though there's Bavli, Midr, Shalmi, Midr, Shayna, Midr, The answer is, why? Because it's for an iPhone. So you have people, it's a Gemara, it says, Tzana Molesafra. Tzana Molesafra means a bookcase full of Svarim. So some people, there are bookcase full of Svarim, but it's not them. It's not experienced. You heard of the Bala Flaw, yeah? Ever heard of the Bala Flaw? One of the students of the Magad of Mizrich was a Jew named the Bala Flaw. He wrote a sefer from a sechta kedushin called Sefer Hamakna. In yeshivas, it's a very prominent sefer till today. All yeshivas. He wrote on Ksuvis called Hafla. His name was Hafla. Harav Pinchas Levi Ish Hadovitz. He was one of the Goini Adar. He was the rabbi of Frankfurt in Germany. Chief rabbi of Frankfurt, a brother of Rip Shmelke of Niklasburg. He wrote a sefer called Ponim Yafis on Chumash. His father, he was a huge gone. He became a student of the Magid. How? He was not from that world at all. Well, nobody was from that world. It was all new. He was a gone oilam. And he was traveling. He had a dintaira not far from Mizrich, which is in the Ukraine. And he was traveling and he was going by, nearby Mizrich. So he said, you know what? He heard about the Magid. Let him check him out. You go, you check somebody out. So the Baal Hafla goes into the Magid to check him out. Of course, he comes in for a few minutes and he's not impressed. He's not impressed. Fine, next, you move on. On the way out, the Magid tells him, do me a favor, before you leave, go into the base Madrash. There's a Yid there who sits by the oven. It was an oven to warm up the winter. In Talos and Tfilin, he probably finished Shachar, already it was the morning. Red mitem and learn in Abyssal. If you could speak to him and learn. So he goes, fine, he asked, he asked. So he goes to the base Madrash, he goes to the oven, there's a Yid in Talos and Tfilin, he goes over to him. Shalom Aleichem Vihaste. He's sitting in Talos and Tfilin, he says, your Rebbe asked me, I should speak to you in learning. He says, no, 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 he must have meant somebody else. You don't speak to me in learning. He says, no, he said, you were sitting by the oven. He says, find that I don't think it's me. You probably misheard him. You didn't hear what the Rebbe said. He said, it's you. He says, what's Lenin He says, I'm telling you, he says, what are you learning? He says, I'm learning Mesech Tebrachas. He says, which daf are you learning? So Zusha says, it happens to be Anybody here knows brachas? It's the sugya of Arin v'seifa mitstarfin. Uh, 
Atazai. Mem Zayin Amit Beis. I'm learning Brachas Mem Zayin Amit Beis. He says, Nuvas Lanins too. So he says, You see, I'm learning Brachas. I learned Pasha to Mesechtas. I don't learn the complicated Mesechtas. Ripsusha tells him. So he says, Vas Lanins too. So he says, I just learned the Gemara Amit Abhunna, Tisha Va'adin Mitztarfen. The Gemara says in Brachas, Rabbunna says, When you need a minion, so you have nine people, and you have the Aran Kodesh, is Archa Minyan. Amalayt ab Nachman, v'odin gavru? The Odin is a mensch? What do you mean, Tisha v'odin mitztarfen? Since when does an Ark become a person? El Amar you didn't understand. Tisha nidin ka'asodim mitztarfen. Tisha, that's nidin ka'asodim mitztarfen. So he says, what's Pshat? When you have the nine people together, so it doesn't look like nine because they're not spread apart. It could look like ten, so it could be mitzdadav. Some people say it means when they're together, and some people say when they're separate. Two pshatim and what Reb meant. Okay. Reb Ami said shnayim v'shabes mitzdarfin. The Gemara continues. So Reb Reb the Balafla tells Reb Zusha. He says no. So what do you have to say about this Gemara? He says, the truth is, I mamash don't understand the Gemara. He says, why? He says, Amr Rebhuna Tisha v'adam mitztarfen. Amr Lerab Nachman v'adam gavruhu. What did he think Rebhuna meant? That an Aran is a person? He really thought that? He says, what, an Aran is a person? That that's what, I mean, you, you need people. You need people. I don't understand what he meant. So the Balafla says, no. He says, maybe you have an answer. He says, I don't. This just says, I'll tell you what I'm thinking. Reb Huna says, Tisha v'arim at Starfen, you have nine Jews, and you have an Aaron. An Aaron is also a Jew. He's a Jew who's filled with Torah, just like an Aaron. He's filled with Torah. Mamash and Aaron has the whole of Torah. This Jew is also filled with Torah. Amalai. You think this is Pshata Gavra? The fact that somebody is filled with Torah, you think that makes him a person? This is garnished. Yes. A person can be filled with Torah, but it's not him. He's filled, he has endless information, it's not him. Arun Gavru! So he says, it could be a Yid, he's Baki Bechawa Torah, Kula, but it's Nishkin Gavra! There's nobody home! He has in him Torah. So he said, "The Chablai, he stayed, and he stayed. <laughs> Became one of the greatest Talmidei Amagat. He's the one who pushed the Alter Rebbe to write a Shulchan Aruch. And the Hagdam of Shulchan Aruch, it says he saw something he wrote on Hilchas Pesach, and he said you have to write a Shulchan Aruch. I mean, the Magid pushed it, but he was very behind it, and he was such a god. So the Balatani accepted from him. This was what took him. What's the Vart? The vart is, you throw seichel without midas, there's no aron. It's an aron, so you're stuck in gavra. Emotions. Emotions means relevance. When do people get excited about something? If it relates to them. You're reading in Gemara, Reuven stole money from Shimon. You don't get angry. Ah, mamza, low life. Yeah? Or you have in Gemara, Reuven, a Jew kills somebody else. You don't get 
of Gebreugist. Why? It's just a hypothesis. It's not a real story. It's a concept. Concept by definition are detached. What's the concept of Shoichat? Why can't somebody who takes a bribe paskin a din? One reason. He's subjective. He's not objective. Objectivity means detached. So when you're paskining a halachin, chayshin mishpat, detachment is a good thing. But if you're connected to the person because he gives you money or he's a relative or you have a bias or you have an interest, it's over. The Gemara in Ksuvis has a whole sugya about different favors that people did for Amirayim or Tanayim, including tiny little things. And he said, Psalino Ladina, you're puzzle for a din. I can't be a, a dying with you. Rabbi Moshe Shapiro, Zechernel of Racha, was last year he gave here. Last year, actually, he ever gave. You remember? Shabbos before Rosh Hashanah. So he said that when he was a Bacha, he was walking with Rabbi Yitzchak Hutne, he was a Talmud of Rav Hutne. So his lapel in this kapata was a little angekenech. Uh, so he made it straight. So he said, Paslinu Leiladina, you just made me puzzle to be a Dayan for you. That was his way of saying thank you. <laughs> I guess that was the Slabotka way of some people of saying thank you. You just made me puzzle to be your Dayan because you did me a favor. Okay? What's the problem with Shaykhat? Once you do me a favor, I'm not objective. I'm subjective. I like you. If I like you, I'm already going to find a Rebaki that supports you. Why? That's how it works. Emotions affect people. What do kids say? Mommy, you're too emotional. Let's go to Tati. He's out for lunch. <laughs> yeah. Mommy is emotional. She cares. Tati, yeah, go. You want to go? Go for four weeks. It's fine. Go, go to the forest. Fine. Call me in a year. When you're emotional, it clouds judgment. So in Chayshin Mishpat, it's a problem. In Avodah Hashem, emotions are the key. But here the Balatanya puts in a whole other angle to explain his whole shit to here. And that is, but emotions, their, prob- their, their blessing is their problem. Their blessing is their limitation. For something to excite me, it has to be relevant to me. Why is it that if a person is giving a shear? And the sheer is just concepts. And there's no illustration to life. People get bored. Why? Because it's less true. No. Because it's not relevant to my life. You want me to get excited about something? Speak about my life. That's why there's some people who always love giving examples of Shalom bias. Why? 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 There's no other examples in the world. The answer is because the fact is people wake up then. They stop texting. Why do they stop texting? Because it's relevant. They're going to come home and they're going to get a Kabbalah Sponim, Kamosha Kosov. So it's relevant. Whenever something is relevant, people get excited about it. Because you're speaking to me. Speak to me. You speak about stress and anxiety, everybody listens. You speak about truth, Be'etzem, everybody is out. Why? I'm not here to gain information. Very few people want information. They're scholars. They're objective scholars. People want to live. They want to be happy. They want to be satisfied. They want a little serenity. They want a little tranquility. What's that Yiddish song? Vinetman Abyssala. Huh? Vinetman Abyssala People are looking for Abyssala Mazel. He wants to make a buck. He wants to be happy. He wants better harmony in his house. A little monach. He wants a little menuchas anefesh. You speak about that. I'm in. You don't speak about that. Have a good day, Charlie. In other words, middays by definition is about me. It's never about truth. 
Midos means I get excited. For me to get excited, it has to speak to me. That means it has to be filtered in a way that it speaks to my life. But the Alter Rebbe says, when you're dealing with a lakos, you're dealing with Ein Soif. When you're dealing with infinity, by definition, you can't expect that the Midos can contain infinity. Because if you get excited by infinity, then it means you're infinite. And if you're infinite, you cease to be. So that means the information that has to be channeled to people in order to get excited emotionally has to always come from infinity to finiteness. If the information remains infinite, it will not speak to you emotionally unless you cease to be. There were those people, Nodav and Aviyu. They got excited, but they got too excited. They got excited by the real thing. They loved so much. They kissed Hashem. They died. We once learned the Gemara in Megillah. You remember? Come, Rabbi. By the poor meal, Rabbi and Abzeda were drinking, and Rabbi killed. He slaughtered Abzeda. So what's that? He shriches down in the middle of a Sudas Purim. You get drunk, you don't murder. Although I was by a Sudas Purim two years ago, and somebody was drunk, and somebody else was arguing with him. And this man picked up a knife and he said, Come Rabbe, come Rabbe, come Rabbe. And I go, Oh my God. So we learned then the Gewaldic Award from the Rebbe, from the Lubavitcher Rebbe, come Rabbe, Shach Abzeda was, he was Megalop Nimius more than Abzeda's Kalim could contain. Shachta, he died, but it was a different type of death. It was like another Venaviyu's death. The Madrid Rebbe once, the Divrei Yisra. Anybody here knows Majid Sinigunim? He needed a surgery in 1923 in Berlin. But they couldn't do anesthesia on him. He was too weak. So he composed a nigin, Eila Eskira, from the Ila. They sing it in Majid's once a year on his yard site, Yud Gimel Kistlev. The nigin goes for around 25 minutes, just once. Just once. It's 72 stanzas. And he said, I'm going to do the nigin. When you see I'm in the middle of the nigin, you could do the surgery. I won't fail it. They did the surgery. He lived uh, quite a while afterwards. Sometimes a person has a semi-experience, semi-transcendental experience. But by definition, for it to excite me, it has to speak to me. For it to speak to me, God has to be filtered from infinity to finiteness. Practically speaking, the question has to be what God means to me. What Yiddishkeit means to me how it helps my life, how it helps my identity. For that, there has to be a tremendous symptom. That's the gidim and the arkim, the arteries that connect the brain to the heart represent that transition from understanding to emotion. But in the world of understanding, there's no limits. In the world of understanding, you could, the Kensuch Tzutrug, and you can tune into a truth that transcends you. I it transcends you, it doesn't compromise the truth. That's the mila of seichel that Midas doesn't have. <laughs> Midas always is about relevance. That's its beauty. Its limitation is what could be relevant? Only that which speaks to my condition today. That's what it is. And that's its power. That's its power. People that know how to speak to people. You know how to get them going because you know them. The world of seichel is a world where you're searching for truth. Not for what truth does to you, but for truth. So now I ask you a question. If this Shia and Lakuta Torah would just be about truth, 
not what truth does for you. How many people would come? Rabbi Litzman, you're honest. <laughs> I told you he's honest. I told you he's honest. So therefore, so what's the sikkum? Thank you for the clarification. So what's the sikkum? The sikkum is this, that if midas don't have the Haskalah behind it, what happens is the person inspiration remains. There's a, something very limiting about the inspiration because it's only about what I'm capable of experiencing today. What Seichel allows the person is that to really appreciate truth on its terms, not on my terms. To expand my horizon beyond my experience, but it's not emotionally compelling. And as you know this very well in this very shear or other shiurim or experiences, yeah, when the person who happens to be speaking, we're not going to get into names here, uses illustrations or metaphors that speak to people's personal lives, there's a level of interest that is very palpable. You could feel it in the air. When the one who teaches reads text, even if it's explained, I'm not talking it's complete, even if it's explained, it's a different level. Why? Because this is about seeing what Torah says, what Chassidus says, what the Alter Rebbe is teaching, not about my life necessarily. So the Balatanya was telling his colleagues, you're telling me no seichel, no seichel, emotions, emotions, emotions. I'm explaining to you if you'll only have a Judaism that begins with emotion, what's going to happen is it only remains limited to the very experience of self. And therefore, I'll tell you what's going to happen, he says. As long as you're going to have somebody who can actually inspire you emotionally, that may be very powerful. But if you're not even going to have that, then often you're going to be left with nothing. On the other hand, if it begins with Havana, with understanding Elokos, understanding Elokos, which it's a challenge to make emotional, because it's ain't safe, but you're going to work with that. And some of it won't become emotional, but some of it will even at a time when emotions are compromised because it's hard to get emotional, but you'll be connected to truth ideas that will ultimately define you. You'll have what to get emotional about. And those are the two systems of atzamais versus basar. Atzamais, bones connected to the brain, basar, flesh connected to the heart. We're holding page 155, Daf Ayin Ches, column 1.
It's interesting in bones, in atzamos, there's what's called the marrow, right? The marrow of the bone. In Yiddish, it's called or in halach, it's called the moyach, the marach. Yeah, what's it called? The, the marach, yeah, the moyach. It's called the moyach, the marrow of the brown, the marrow of the bone, which is called moyach, as he says here. Then in chachmas nituach, the bones are uniquely connected to the moyach, to the brain. The meat is the flesh is uniquely connected to the blood. And you have the arteries that connect the moyach to the lave. Everything biologically is also reflected spiritually in Ruchnius and Avaidas Hashem. That's where it begins and then it, it manifests physically. But there's two different elements in the experience of Yiddishkeit. One is known as Haskola and one is known as Hargosha. Haskola is basically the Hisboinanus with a person's mind. The ability for a person to think and to learn and to understand, to appreciate. And that comes through learning, through learning and learning and learning and internalizing and understanding. And that's the Igiyas HaMoyach, it's working with the Moyach. And then there is the experiential element of it, which is the emotional relevance. And that's always much harder, because a person could learn about things, and as we said, remain detached. Emotions means you're attached, you're connected to it. You get emotional about it. When you're emotional about something... It means it affects you. You're not aloof. You're not detached. And in each one, there's a tremendous mila that the other one doesn't have. The mila in midis is obvious. The mila in midis is that it's personal. It's experiential. You're not a computer, as we said. You're not just, you know, a database. V'chi oren gavruhu. You're not just an oren kodesh, who taka has holy, holy ideas and svarim in him. But he remains an ark. He remains a doimim. But rather, it's... It, it touches you, it affects you. On the other hand, there's a tremendous Indian in the in the, the Mylan Haskal in the Mayach. And that is that by definition, Haskal, a real Haskal, a real Seichel, is you're looking for the truth of something. You're not looking for how it affects you. By definition, the concept of Seichel is you want to know what the truth is. It's irrelevant of how it affects me. It's the humility to ask not what it can do for me but actually to find out what the truth is, what the emes is. To put it differently, as he says, the moment you're going from Seichel to Midis, the information has to go through a tremendous tzimtzum. It has to go through a tremendous tzimtzum, a tremendous restrictiveness, in order for it to be able to be relevant to me. For something to be relevant to me, it has to speak to who I am today. Not necessarily will truth, commercial speak to me who I am today. It's too big. It's too loaded, or in his words, it's infinite. And the middis would be in this battle So therefore, as I said yesterday, that many of the Chachmei Hachsidis, colleagues of the Balatanya, felt that the Ike was Hergish. The main avoid of Yiddishkeit, Alpiderech Abal Shemtiv, was only Hergish feelings. And you could see it, you see even till today, the residue of it, that in many Chachsidish Chatseris, the focus was always only emotions, feelings, islavas, passion, the way you daven, especially by davening, because that's the main time of dveikas, like he said. By davening, especially the islavas, the dveikas, the nigunim, the screaming, the making with the hands, passion, heart, hearts, 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 hearts. The, the sixth Labavitch Rebbe was the Rebbe Rayatz, Rabbi Yosef Yitzchak. He traveled with his father, the Rashab, the Rebbe Rashab, Rabbi Shalom Ber, the fifth Labavitch Rebbe, to Vienna in 1903. 
the fascinating story, the fifth Lubavitcher Rebbe went to visit Dr. Freud, Zygmunt Freud, for a few months in the winter of 1903. He went all the way from Lubavitch, which is in Belarus, traveled all the way to Vienna, 1903, and spent a few months with Sigmund Freud. He would visit him. Freud, yeah. Schleimler Freud. Straight Freud out. Huh? It's an extraordinary story. Huh? He was having, he, he said he was having challenges, and he wanted to speak to him. Then he was known as a big neurologist. And he was there by him, he was there for a few months by him. And, uh, but he was in Vienna at the time, so in the morning, he would go with his son to a shul, and they would learn for six hours together, every morning, <coughs> till the afternoon, I guess he would see him later in the afternoon, or not every day probably, a few times a week, I don't so they would learn Cheshem Mishpat, Cheshem Mishpat, with Tur, Beis Yosef, and all the Mepharshim, Tachroinim on Tur, on Cheshem Mishpat, Tur and Shulchan Aruch Cheshem Mishpat, around six hours every day. So they went to a, a shtibel in Vienna, was known as the Primishlan Shtibel. It was Primishlan Echsidim. You heard of Reb Meir Primishlan. It was from the Big Tzadikim. So there was a group known as, it still exists, it's a small, it's not uh, Primishlan, Primishlan. So there was a shtibel of Primishlan Echsidim, and no one knew who the Rashab was. He came from, from Belarus. And he wanted it that way, he liked being incognito. So he would sit with his son, six hours long, Chashemishpah. One day, an elder Yid, a Yid, comes over to him, and he says, "Younger man, younger man, a gansetog chayshemishpat, 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 abyssal hearts. Your Yiddishkeit is as a cult. He says, mamish alts cult. Halachem et halach chayshemishpat. He says, you need, you need to inspire your heart. He says, with the unvarim and the hearts, your heart has to be on fire." So the Rayats is watching this. His father's the Lubavitcher Rebbe, and he's telling this to him. But he's quiet. He knows that his father would be... Uh, <coughs> and he starts giving him Musa. It's not a derech. You need both. You need but in the heart. So his father, the Rebbe Rashab, looks at this Yid, and he says, V, 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 Varamin on the hearts. You're right. V. So he says, Ichel de Brengen Asefenel. Mm-hmm. And you should start learning it. And you'll start learning it. You'll understand what it means to have a heart for Yiddishkeit. And he goes to the other room and he brings back a Tanya. <laughs> <laughs> and he gives the Lubavitcher Rebbe the Tanya. And he says, Now, young man, you take this Sefer and start learning it. And you'll develop a heart to Yiddishkeit. So the Rayat says his father took the Tanya, looked at it, and says, Yeah, a good to Sefer. A good to Sefer. <laughs> <laughs> this is a good Sefer. <laughs> that was the conversation. And uh, but it brings out the point. What was this Jew saying? What this Jew was saying is, "Where's the heart? Right? Where are your emotions?" And yet, as I said, the Balatanya felt that the Haskalah of Elikus, the understanding of Elikus, is critical. It's significant. Why? Because he felt without it. What's missing is what's maximum and cup. It's you want true. to finish? No, it's not true. Why? Because it gives you What are you working for with the heart if you have you know you don't know for what? That's the challenge. The challenge the empty suit. Right. The challenge is that the heart is what makes me 
feel good at the moment. So sometimes a person comes into a room and they're singing a nice nigging. So you get inspired, you get into the mood. But an hour later, it's all over. Why is it all over? Because you were in an atmosphere where people were inspired, there were emotions, so you got emotional. You went with the flow. But it didn't become part of your humanness, part of your system, because you don't understand. What's so, huh? Was he, in this way, was he, in a sense, a forerunner of what's going to happen in Pshisco years later? Or was this a completely unrelated philosophic sort of debate? I think it's connected, but I don't think it's mamash connected. I mean, I think the Mahalach, there's some common denominator there. But over there, it was Bechlal on learning. And here the focus was on learning in Yonam of Alakus, on learning understanding godliness, taking it and communicating it in a system of or to put it in different words, emotions work if you have a tremendous tzaddik who's taka on fire and you watch him or you see him or you're in his presence, it awakens the fire in you. What if you're not going to have that one day? What are you going to be left with? So you're going to have to fake emotions and that's the worst. The worst thing in the world is to fake emotions because you're left dry, cold, and dead. But what happens? So if you have people of stature who mamash are on fire, and other people watch them, so their fire evokes your fire. The big fire triggers the small fire. What if you're not going to have that one day? So now people are left to their own devices. They may have fine leaders, but not leaders of the stature of people who lived in that generation, the students of the Magad of Mizrich, who were Kedosh Shayalian, one, 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 they were, they were, they were, they were great tzaddikim, whether you're dealing with the Noyam Alimelech, or the B'zush of Anapoli, or the Kepatitshev, or the Chayz of Lublin, I mean, Eina Eina, the Koshen Tzamagad, or the Chernobyl, I mean, each one in their own way, they were different, but each one in their own way was a fireball, a fireball of inspiration. But he felt, you come to a generation where you don't have that anymore, so what is the emotions going to be based on? If you didn't learn the information and apply it and absorb it, so what are you going to get emotional from? So you're going to have to make believe that everybody is feeling. So sometimes you can get emotional from the atmosphere. Every Jew has an neshama inside, but in order to be able to access it, in order to be able to trigger it, he felt you have to allow for the individual experience. And the individual experience can only happen if people understand things. If people understand, then it's about you. It's not just about the tzaddik. This was a big machlaikas. As I said a few times, then I don't know if you can understand so much what he meant. I think 200 years later, it becomes a little clearer what he meant. If you look how chassidus operates today in 2017, and what's going on in various chassidic courts, and there's a tremendous frustration. Tremendous, I mean, I hear this all day, emails and conversations with people. Good people. And they grow up in Hasidic courts. They ask, what's Hasidus? What is it? What is it? What is it? What do we believe in? We believe in Shtraimlach and Shalashudas. What is it? What is it? It's just another Chumra, another Gzeda. Our wives can't do this. Our kids can't do this. No internet. What is it? No, but a lot of people just don't know. They mamas don't know. Nobody thinks they have to educate them. They just have to go with the system, go with the flow. The moment they ask too many questions, it's up in courses. You know, a lot of Bechal ask questions. And people are left mamish, hanging dry. So people who go with the flow, it works for them. But people who are a little more, I don't know, curious or inquisitive, 
this tremendous, tremendous breakdown. Never mind all the people that make believe they're in the system, but really they're out of the system, which is huge percentages beyond what most people around this table will imagine. Because everything looks good on the outside, and on the inside it's often decomposed. The Balatanya, I think, felt all of this very acutely, because he writes about this in his own way. I mean, not explicit, but the concept. And that's why he was such a proponent of people learning and understanding the Yisoydis of Yiddishkeit, the Yisoydis of Chassidus. And in a way, he spent every Maimer, we will not stop with his systems, but Yesh and Ayin and Ayin and Yesh. Because he felt if you don't understand the Mechus of what Yiddishkeit is, what Avoidus Hashem is, what a Nisham is, what Teir is, what Mitzvahs are, what Tfil is, etc. Then ultimately, the emotions are very volatile. And they will not have the staying power, the permanence. As long as you're in the presence of a great tzaddik, it's beautiful. The moment you're on your own, or you're in a generation when you're on your own, what are you left with? To have the backbone, you need the pnimius. Pnimius means it has to become it has to become yours. It also has to do with the fact: can people be independent? Can people be independent? People who go with the flow are not independent? That's an interesting question. Let's think about it. People who go with the flow, are they independent or not? Like the guy who said, just because I'm paranoid, it doesn't mean the whole world is not chasing me. (laughs) Usually if you go with the flow, you got nothing. To go with the flow is fine. The problem is, it's fine. I mean, every person has to, you know, see what works for their life. The, the, the problem is not going with the flow. The flow may be going in a very, in a very good place. The problem is when you're going with the flow and you're not there. <laughs> there's no soul there. There's no, there's no person there. That becomes very, very painful. Can the emotions mislead you? Mm-hmm. Not sure if there's God. You always have emotions for something. Not... That's number one. Why, if there's only emotion without seichel? It's not internalized. It's external inspiration. It's not internal inspiration. There's another element. And that is emotions by definition, even if there are emotions, what are you getting emotional about? You're getting emotional about things which are meaningful to you. Things which are meaningful to you is never about the full truth. It's about what works for me. Seichel, on the other hand, is transcendence. It allows you to think, learn about reality that is beyond you. That's its chisarin. Its chisarin is you don't necessarily get emotional about it. But it expands your horizons to something that is beyond you. In other words, a Yiddishkeit that is only based on emotion, not on askola, is actually, he felt, one where you're selling yourself out for very small things. In other words, you're not allowing yourself to experience the full grandeur of truth. Where in Seichel you could learn things that are befetish above you and beyond you, and then let your emotions look up to that. Don't dumb down the truth. All emotions has all emotions. I don't mean it so to, so dramatic, but all emotions is dumb down truth because it has to be for me. It has to work for me. You'll see people get emotional about things that speak to their soul. Real infinity can't directly speak to my soul. It's too big. It's too infinite. So we want to create a Judaism just based on emotion. It's called feel-good Judaism. Feel good, right? But feel good about what? If it's a real emotion, it has to be feel good. That's when I get excited. I can't get excited about something that doesn't feel good. Feel good means it has to be limited to what speaks to my heart, 
today. Not tomorrow, not yesterday, today. So what often happens is the person's entire perspective is a very limited perspective. Where the mayach allows the person to soar beyond themselves. It allows you to transcend beyond your own identity. To look for the emes, not how the emes feeds me. And that's a very big difference. And that was also another major component. And the difference then is, when you're left without emotion, you're still holding on to something real. Because you understood. But if you don't have, they don't have the whole seichel experience, you're left without the emotion, you're left without anything. And because of that, he felt as critical as the meat component of Yiddishkeit is, you have to have the bones. The atzomos, which is connected to the moyach. And you need the arteries that then connect the moyach to the lave, the brain to the heart. What do you do with the skin? The skin? Oh, we'll soon see. What is the skin goes to the kain. The skin doesn't go on the mizbeach. We'll soon see. We'll soon see. It goes to the kain, not to the mizbeach. He's going to address it. Huh? Kedoshia Elian didn't foresee this. Uh, said there were fireballs. You want to know why they didn't foresee this? Why Dafka Dal Balatanya? What was the negative? Shemta was more of a. I'll tell you why. It's not Pshat. These things are not always a choice. It's who you are. The Lebevitzik Batichev had to be Lebevitzik Batichev. It was who he was. You know what I mean? It's not that it was. It wasn't up as. Uh, let me choose that role. Let me choose. This is who they were. They were called Kulay Esh. And Rebbeitzer Baditcher happened to be a gone oilam. He was. A, people don't realize. They think Baditcher was just a nice guy who used to say nice things about Jews. He was an Avbezdin in huge cities. He was a big, big Lamdin. He was a big Charif. Baditcher was a big Kehillah. Before Baditcher, he was. A, he was another two killers. I mean, he was thrown out in the middle of the night. But he was in another two huge kahillas, Pinsk. I mean, these were big. He was the Avbezdin. He was a person of big land in the Badechiva. But he was a shtick fire. This was his unique genius. That was his. And it was the Balatanya. Was his, it was his neshama. It was, I don't think it was a choice. It was like, really? You have a svara, but I have a different svara. This is who they were. This is how they lived. This was their neshama. This was their shayrish neshama. Yesterday he mentioned they fought the Balatanya. A few people, a f- the Baditcheva not. The Baditcheva defended him. Baditcheva wrote a very sharp letter to the Bavram Kaliska. The Bavram Kaliska wrote to the Alter Rebbe, I saw Tanya, it's not to say for us, it's say for us, it's not what we heard from the Magid, you're deviating from the Magid, from the Balshamtiv. And, uh, and the Alter Rebbe wrote to Bavram Kaliska a very sharp letter. He said, I'm deviating from the Magid. Don't you remember what happened in Tovkov Lamed? And Tovkov Lamed, Rabbi Avram Kaliske, who was a fireball, used to go to the forest with his Talmidim, and they would hang from the trees like monkeys. They would hang upside down. Because they wanted to completely, it was an avoid, they wanted to reject the whole world and just be an ecstasy with God. Huh? Bitlayesh. They would hang from the trees and sing and dance. And the Magad was very, very upset. Uh, because the, you know, the Mestagdim used that as good fodder. I mean, look at this crazy cult. And the Magad wanted to excommunicate him from Chassidus. He wanted to say, don't come here. And the Balatanya went to the Magad. And it's a Chibetan that he means well as Kavanah's Lashem Shamayim. He could be educated. He shouldn't. I said, I'm the one who kept you. 
I'm the one who influenced the Maggit to keep you because he wanted to throw it. Now you're telling me that I'm deviating? He was hurt by it. But the Patichever wrote back to the Kaliskan and said, you're speaking, you're speaking about the Balatanya? He says, we know who was the most favorite uh, Talmud of the Maggit. We know there was Chaviv Mo'oid Be'enei Admur. And he said famously, he said, Rabban Allah Gigesen, from Ein Shisel, from the Litva Katsugechab Smetana. We all ate from one bowl, and the Litvak uh, grabbed the cream. The cream. The cream on the top he grabbed. Huh? The Badichever. Remember, Allah Gigesen from Ein Shisel, from the Litva Katsugechab Katsugechab Smetana. The cream. But but he but he wasn't altered ever the Badichever. He, he was Amchutan, but he wasn't. Uh, <laughs> there was a big chasen known as the Zlobin Chasen. Zlobin is a city in the Ukraine. The Badichever had a son, his name was Reb Meir. He passed away in his lifetime. And there was a Shidduch of Reb Meir's son. So the father wasn't there, so the Badichever became like a father. And he was a Shidduch with the Mittler Rebbe's daughter, who was the Alter Rebbe's granddaughter. So Badichever is in the Ukraine, and Liadi which is the city where the Balatanya is in Russia, near Belarus. But Dichev and Liadi are far from each other, so they chose Zlobin as a middle point to make the wedding. The wedding was... Kate said Mirak and Lifna Akala was at that wedding, yeah. The wedding was Parshat Erev Shabbos Kodesh Nosei Tovkov Samach Zayin, 1807, in June, in the, in the summer. So they were together a whole weekend, Friday, Shabbos, Sunday, Monday, or Thursday. So a lot of people came, you know, the Alter Rebbe with the Baditsheva together. So there's a lot of stories from that Shabbos. The Baditsheva was, uh, he was a Yid, he was, uh, he was in the middle of the Maim, at the end of the Maim, Kate said Merakhin, it's not printed on the Kutatayr, this is Torah Shabal Peh. But the Alter Rebbe finished the Maim and he said, Tzadik Hashem Bechal Dracha Bechasad Bechal Masav. He said, Tzadik Lamayla is the Ebishter, and Tzadik Lamata is the Blavitzik Baditsheva. That's how he finished the Maim. So you understand the respect they had for each other. Tremendous, but it was different, different drachim, and the whole Shabbos, you know, there was, you know, people saw the, a lot of differences. The Alter Rebbe used to say chesidus a lot. The Baditchever was always in a hislavus, and uh, at one point they had to go to the chuppah. The chuppah you couldn't it couldn't be on Shabbos. We just learned that had to be Friday. They used to do weddings on Friday always because the suda. First of all, al pikabola the zman of the zivug is Friday night. Aynas Talmud Chacham Arizal is mafli, but Friday night is zivug between uh, between the chassan and the kalas. They do the weddings on Friday, and also Pashat Matzad money. The suda anyway Shabbos. You're doing a suda, so you don't have to pay a caterer twice eighty thousand dollars, right? Okay. You just pay twenty five dollars once, and you have a suda sachasa. Uh, so people made the wedding Friday, and then the suda was Friday night because you anyway have they didn't have sudas a whole week. So Shabbos you're anyway having a suda. On the way to the chuppah, there was a door, and the door was very narrow, extremely narrow. And the only one person could walk in at a time. So the, ba- the Balatanya and the Baditcher were walking to the chuppah. The Balatanya was older than the Balatanya. They come to the door, and one person has to walk in first. So who goes in first? So the Baditcher returns to the Alter Rebbe and says, Egate Esh, do you go first? He said, no, you go first. No, you. So now starts a whole argument. He says, you're older than I am. He says, yeah, but you're uh, the Balatanya. Back and forth, back and forth. And the, the Chassan and Kala are waiting. <laughs> and they're arguing, who goes in? So the Baditshiva turns to the Alter Rebbe and he says something. And he, you have to understand, he wasn't joking. He said, Let's go through the wall. Let's go through the wall. 
So the Alter Rebbe said, Nein, Zol detir verem breiter. We don't go through the wall, we go through the door. The door needs to expand. It seems like a small conversation, but it's a conversation that encapsulates two perspectives. For the Baditchever, the wall and the door are equal alternatives. This is the natural path, this is the supernatural path. You can't go here, you go there. Dr. Rebbe said, no, you have to go through the door, but let the door expand. Because this is basically what we're talking about. Whenever you're dealing with seichel, with intellect, it means you want that godliness should be internalized within the human intellectual faculties of the person. It shouldn't just be a spiritual, transcendental experience based on the soul, which is a chelakalakamimal, like we learned also in Adam Kiyakriv, but it should be one that permeates the human faculties of the animal soul, which is what seichel is. In other words, we don't go through the wall, we go through the door. But the door needs to expand. It's a whole different experience. Which you can understand why people didn't like that. If you can go through the wall, why are you going through doors? Right? Go through the wall. Breach limitations. Become transcendental. In many ways, for some of people who look at the Balatanya, compromise the intensity of chassidus. The ecstasy of chassidus. Stop with explanations, explanations, explanations. He said, no, I want the ecstasy to remain eternal. Your ecstasy is going to be temporary. Not that I compromise, but you understand, it compromises on it. It's not doesn't seem so exciting. It's a fact. People, to learn a maimah l'kotetorah k'deboi, yeah, yeah, it takes a lot of avoida. You open up a Kedusha Slevi, yeah, you ever hear a good word in the parsha? Svasemes, ve'maim chayim, avoida sisrul, mo'ay v'shemesh, t'fer shloyma, no'yem elimelech, o'yir ha'mayir, emes, mo'yir e'nayim, is that the Kantmadi Svarim? You don't even know these Svarim. So Mamash left with nothing. Huh? There's, it's a one paragraph. It's one paragraph, maybe two, maybe three. Yeah? If you're lucky, you'll have four paragraphs. But people who have a sensitivity to Chesidus, it's fiery. There's always sparks. There's energy there. You feel this obviously strong. Sebrent a fire by them. Sebrent. There was a fire by them. There was a, you could feel it. If you're sensitive to it, you feel it. If not, not. But it's vertlach. It's vertlach. So if you're looking for a vart, yeah, you open up. Parshas Pinchas, Parshas Mat. There's a vart. Bein HaMetzorim. You open up. It's not beautiful vertlach. Whether it's the Apterov, whether it's the Pshischa, whether it's Talmidei HaMagid, whoever it was, whether it's the Chayza of Leblin and all the Tzadikim. You open up a Lekutatayda with Atanya, systems with long biurim, long explanations. It's almost like a sugir nigla with lumdesin, with questions and answers and rayas and back and forth. You see, you see with the structures and he goes from one union to another union, another union. And many people felt that this is not Torah Sabal Shemtov. Shemtov came to be Mechaya Yidin to, to, to ignite their souls. But the Balatanya insisted that this is a very, it's short, short, circuiting chsidus. It's a derech tzara. It's a short path, but it's the Gemara says in Erevin that there was a child traveling. You know the story, yeah? There was a child traveling, and he came to a fork. He was traveling to Yerushalayim. Rabbi Yishu ben Chanani says, He came to a fork, and he said, Which is the way to Yerushalayim? So the child said, This is the short, long path. This is the long, short path. 
So he took the short, long path. It was very short. A few minutes later, he was the outskirts of Yerushalayim. There was one problem. There was an orchard full of thorns and gates, and it obstructed his path. So he went back, and he tells the child, why did you tell me it's a short path? He says, I also told you it's long. I said, it's short and long. So the other path was very long and winding and long and winding. When he got there, he got there. So in the introduction to Tanya, in the Sharblad, the Balatanya says, this is Derech Harucho Ktsara. What did he mean, Derech Harucho Ktsara? Not short, it's long. But it's going to be short. Why? Because when you get there, it's going to be authentic. You'll be able to be there. Because the system is one that will become internalized within you. You won't go through walls. You can't always go through walls. Sometimes you have to go through doors. If you're living on a higher space, you can maybe go through walls. But when you go back to yourself, what are you left with? <coughs> what are you left with? So the seichel allows you to be able to internalize it. It becomes part of who you are as an individual who understands. It changes your perspective. And then the emotions, the emotions can come from that. And those emotions will have the staying power. So that was part of that was part of what's going on. Did I answer your question? Huh? Yeah. Who went in first? Who went in first? I don't know who went in first. I, I bring out the Nakuda. I don't know who went in first. Huh? They went together. Kenza. I don't know. I don't know who went in first. Huh? Kenza. So, uh, so on the way back, the, the chasana was over, the Baltanya was going home, so he got into his wagon. He had a balagoli, he had a coachman who would, uh, who, would leave, who would take him. And this yid was with him for 20, 30 years. So he, you know, he, sometimes a balagoli knows more than everybody else. Huh? Huh? Yeah. He was with him for 20, 30 years. And it was after the chasana, the Baltanya was in a. What's called a rega dibdichi. It was in a simcha. So he turns to the balagol and he says, "Nu." He was very pretty. He loved him. The Alter Rebbe loved him. Badichiv. He just loved him. He loved him. Avas nefesh. He mamish loved him. So he says, "Ah, vazaktav my mechutni." You know, like a father would say, "What do you say about my nachas?" So he says, "Vazaktav my mechutni." He tells the balagol, "What do you say about my mechutni?" The Badichiv. So the Yid says. I am a chutan, is pile ployum. He's wonder of wonders. But our Rebbe v'yaych is nishta. Your mechutan is pile ployum. But a Rebbe like you does not. <laughs> he was, he was marked something. The Baditra was taken pile ployum. He was in heaven. He was a shtik pella. The respect, even today, you know, the Baditra, there's a certain energy comes out. But in terms of uh, in terms of synthesizing all facets of creation, in terms of synthesizing all facets of Torah, in terms of connecting heaven to earth and earth to heaven, in terms of encompassing the full spectrum of Yiddishkeit and understanding the destiny of the Jewish people, right? From Avramovina Tobias Hamashiach and and wanting to carry the Jewish people in that sense. Balagola said, "This is something, uh, something extraordinary. It's a gift that you have." Now, here there's one more nakuda that has to be emphasized, and that's Negea really here in this in this mimer, 
and that is and that is the even when there are emotions again emotions are the key because they're experiential emotions are the key but without without havana what's missing what's missing is it's very it could be very circumstantial because it didn't permeate your own nefesh and bahamas your own animal soul but there's also another nakud and that's the main nakud what he wants to say here and that is that Moichin is nicht zich. Midis is zich. You understood what I said? Atatavasta? I'll translate. Which won't help probably. I'll explain. <laughs> Moichin is not you. Midis is you. What, 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 that's, this is extremely important. And that's its mile and that's its chisara. The definition of midis is zich. I know in text people say love you without I, but that's grammatically incorrect. There's no emotion without an I. Emotion means I feel. If there's no I, I can't love you. That's why if you don't think you exist, you can't love anybody. Vahaftalirecha doesn't only mean love somebody else as much as you love yourself. It also means Vahaftalirecha like you love yourself. If you hate yourself, you're not loving anybody else. You don't even know what it means. There's no I to love. The definition of emotions means there's an I. That's what emotions are. Emotions is I am responding to you. Positively or negatively. I love you, I hate you. I'm overwhelmed by you, I'm, fra- I'm afraid of you. I want to be close to you, I want to run from you. But it's how you are affecting me. That's what the word hispilus means. What does the word hispilus? You say hispilus, right? What does hispilus mean? Comes from the word pu'ula. This is having an impact. Pu'ula, it's moving me. I'm moved. I'm transformed. I'm triggered. I am triggered. Midas is always about me. So to use the yeshiva sheshprach. In seichel, ich bin adin in the zach. In midas, the zach is adin in mir. Midis is always about how the reality affects me. That's why I'm emotional. That's not moichen. Moichen, intellectual understanding, is the exact opposite. If somebody is learning a svara in Gemara, learning a Gemara, and somebody says, I'll tell you pshat, and he says pshat, and the guy says, you know, I don't like his attitude in the Gemara. (laughs) I don't like his attitude. Or I don't like what you look like today, and therefore I'm not accepting your svara. You're out for lunch. The whole idea of Haskalah, of his Bainanus, of Moichin is, it's not about you. It's about the text. It's about what it says. The idea of Moichin is to go away completely from yourself and try to tune in to the truth of the concept. I, it may be challenging you. I, you may not be interested in it. Tough luck, in simple English. The worst thing in Moichin is if you get, if you get it personally involved. That's what shaykhat is. What's shaykhat? That's what shaykhat is. Shaykhat means you're personally involved. I have a bias. 
the moment you have a bias, you're possible. Rabbeinu B'chayi says, B'noi Slavchot came to Moshe Rabbeinu, and they said, we want a chilek in Eretz Yisrael from our father, right? Avinu Our father wasn't a troublemaker. Vayakriv Moshe es mishpoton lefnei Hashem. Moshe tells God, take care of this. Other questions? Pesach Sheni? He doesn't say, he says, I'll ask Hashem. Rabbeinu B'chayi says, the moment they told him, our father was on your team. Moshe said, I'm puzzled there. I'm puzzled. Sorry. I can't be the rabbi. The moment you're telling me your father was on my team, it's Shaykhat, I'm puzzled. It's over. Puzzled. This is even Moshe Rabbeinu. Why? That's what a human being is. A man has pneus. Every person. We're not objective. Huh? You can't. You have to know, Tucker. You have to know. If you're a dying in a case, and you have any level of bias, even if you don't like the other guy's nose, you're postulative. You're Tucker postulative. You're disqualified. Adam Karevet Salatzmai, the definition of a dying is he's objective, and if you're not, you're Tucker now let us sit. If you like this, if you like this guy's father and mother, right? And fired the Krig, he was nice to you. Right? And you have Cheshboinus in the family. It's over, you puzzle it Now don't start asking me questions why uh, this. I know. <laughs> why? Because the definition of Moichen is truth. Not me. The definition of Midas is me. My experience of it. So let's understand. If I'm learning something in a mode of moichin, what am I trying to do? I'm trying to get lost in the text, in the truth. The less me, the better it is. Stop mixing in yourself. See, but I don't like this. Don't, we're not talking about you. Not you. That's the definition of seichel. The nekudah of seichel is transcendence. Put yourself aside and ask what is the truth of this reality of this kind. Imagine a scientist who has an agenda that God shouldn't exist. Can he be a scientist? <laughs> if you have an agenda before you go to study science, physics, cosmology, you have an agenda. You want to make sure God doesn't exist. You're not a scientist. Okay. Or the other way around. Today it's called fake news. Why? Why? Not because you don't have a good head, because everything is manipulative. You have an agenda, you have an emotion. I have an emotion. I want to prove, I have a, an axe to grind. I'm going to manipulate my seichel. The real definition of seichel is no agendas whatsoever. Seeking the truth. Real, real, that's what real moichin is. It's not about me. The whole experience of midas is all about me. I'm excited, I'm emotional. So the blessing of Meichen, what is a blessing in Meichen is a curse in Midas. What is a blessing in Midas is a curse in Meichen. In Avodah Hashem, which path do you go? So on one hand you say, Midas, yeah. Ich will fill in the Eberster. Ich will fill in a Geschmack in Yiddishkeit. But Alter Rebbe yeah. Alter Rebbe that you must have Meichen. Why must you have Moichin? Because what happens when you have Midas, your Judaism is always dumbed down 
according to where your ego stands today. Mashaykin Moichin always allows you an experience of transcendence above yourself. The challenge is, and this is the challenge that Chabad has, and Chabad struggles with this till today, <laughs> that when you have Moichin, yeah, so it's not you and not you and not you and not you and not you, and we are you. <laughs> Sometimes you're just not there. You don't translate it emotionally. That's the opposite challenge. Huh? Not only Chabad struggles with this. Yes. Are you saying that if you have a shaila by a rab, we know the rab has some bias in the other side, you should not ask him? Of course. What's the question? <laughs> What's the if a rabbi hates your guts, you should not ask him, no. If he has a bias against you, I don't think he could be a rabbi. I don't think he can be a rabbi. How's this if you need somebody in court to testify against you, you can hire him. <laughs> but I don't think he can be a rabbi. <coughs> if you want to lose a dintaira, you should go to him. But I don't think uh, if, you want to, uh, if you want a fair trial... You get a headache when you think of Moichen because your head is working. <laughs> no. You get a headache in the world of Moichen because, because you're, 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 I think you're, you're experiencing what I'm saying as a little abusive. Right? Not you, not you, not you. But it's really very rich. It's the ability to get lost in something that's above you. Might not live up to that status, but it's still That's true, true but That's it's good true. to know. Right. It's true. good to expand your horizon. Right. It's even good to know that I can't feel this. That's also good. Right. But don't compromise truth just for the sake of self. Moichen <coughs> is ask not. Ask not what Judaism, what truth can do for you. <laughs> ask how you can surrender to truth. Midas is no. Midas is ask what truth can do for you. That's what I'm asking. Part of the headache is that you need tremendous self confidence. You need self confidence and to be firm in your footing to be able to say I'm willing to surrender myself and to, it's right. not going to be about me. It's completely not about me. I'm ready to exercise those muscles. To whom? To whom? To truth. Is there a dogma of this in a, in a marriage or interpersonal Of course there's a dogma for this in marriage. That's why you get married. The Malagula, huh? There is, there is your emotional experience in marriage, Midas, and we know without that the marriage is pretty is pretty whatever. Let's use the word lame, right? On the other hand, on the other hand, there's that concept in marriage where I really have to ask myself, who is the other person? Without trying to right away say how it affects me, how it doesn't affect me, really trying to wonder about the other person almost as a curious scientist. 
Let's say your wife wasn't your wife. Let's say your wife wasn't... I'll give an example, right? You have a therapist. And your wife would go to a therapist. And the therapist will ask her questions about her life. He has no personal agenda. but She could say whatever she wants, because after the session he goes home for lunch. Right? He forgets about it. He has another 20 patients that day. And he gets paid. Even if he's a nice man, but he has another life. For you, it's your wife. It's not like it's, she's this and she's that. But a real marriage needs that component. Like, imagine you could listen to your wife. I'm not going to say detached, but not trying to ask how it affects me, what it does for me. Really try to figure out who you are on your terms, not on my terms. Who you are. And that's, that's very, very valuable. Because without that, your whole relationship is limited to your own paradigm. I put you in my box, I decide who you are, and I'm getting excited or I'm getting upset. Maybe put yourself aside and find out who I am. And let's understand even more than this. When we experience things emotionally, we don't experience them. We experience them through our own prism. We're not even touching who they are. We're just experiencing them the way they affect us, which means we're only getting the part of them that we can put into our box and get excited about one way or another way. Moichen actually allows us to see the truth for what it is without any experience of self-imposed ideas and conceptions on the person. So in Midas, you're always a din in me. In Moichen, I'm always a din in you. When I'm learning Sa'ash Tikkel, learning means I don't exist. What's the halach in Chayshem Ishpat? La'olam yehei alecha din prutik din meya. A real dayan is sitting in court. Two brothers come. They have a Yerusha of $300 million, like some people in this room. And they're killing each other. And they come to the Rav to make Shalom. $300 million, right? After that, come two Shnurrs. And they're fighting over a $5 bill that a guy gave them in the middle of Birchus Krishna. They're fighting over a $5 bill. Right? And then says, Gaitarei diot and I have time for $5? I deal with $300 million court cases because the commission is nicer. I'm just joking. <laughs> That's not a dayan. That's not a dayan. $5 is just like $300 million. Why? What, what do you mean? It's a joke. Take out $5 and give it to them. The answer is, because the dying, the real dying, it's not Negea the money. What's Negea? The din in Shulchan Aruch. The din in Shulchan Aruch is the Zalba din for $5 or $300 million. It's what God wants. What God wants, what God wants is only for $300 million, not $5. Who says? You know what? It's what, what, what Ratzon Hashem is. Vazak Torah. The halach in Baba Metziah is not negay 300 million or 20 cents. That's a din in Shulchan Aruch. This is not, I'm not staying a theory. It says in Shulchan Aruch, La'olam yehei alecha din pruta kedin meya. 20 cents, like 100 million bucks. If not, you're not a dying. You already have different issues. You're a businessman. A businessman, yeah. Businessman is a big difference between 300 million and 5 dollars. MS? Vazakstu. You let me know when you have the 300 million. There's a difference, right? But in Chayshem Mishpat, what's the difference? So you'll say, what do you mean, you're crazy? Yeah, 
I'm not dealing here with the reality that affects me. I'm dealing here with the emes. The emes l'maynav kemena. That's the idea of machin. You tell us what I'm saying. You're not. Okay. That's good. That's good. Don't worry, Asachs are Nish Teufus. Do Zachs to You have to remove it. What is this in Avaidus Hashem? What is it in Avaidus Hashem? In Avaidus Hashem, it's really two different experiences. Moichin is, a person is learning about Hashem, learning about Torah, learning about Mitzvahs. You know what? Just help my life. Help my life. Get rid of my anxiety. I want a better, harmonious man. Whatever, help my life. It takes a tremendous bittle, tremendous confidence and humility and habahatalia to be able to actually allow yourself to say, what is the truth? Teach me the truth about God. Teach me the truth about life. Teach me the truth about reality. I may feel uncomfortable. It may at the moment not even speak to me, but I'm not going to compromise that. It takes a lot of trust. Trust, of course. You have to trust. If you don't trust, if the guy is going to sell you the Williamsburg Bridge together with the Manhattan Bridge, all for five dollars, then it's a whole. Then he has agendas. The world of Midas is a different world. The world of Midas is Dafka ask what it can do for me. The world of Midas is the world that we say at the end of Sukkot Zimra on Shabbos. Ubechain. You remember on Shabbos. What's the next words? Ubechain. What's the Ubechain? What does Ubechain mean? The Bechain means, and and thus, Ubechain. What's the Bechain? He spoke and spoke and spoke and spoke. What's the Bechain? Ubechain yishtabach shem chalal The Bechain means I'm looking for the. So what's the bottom line? So what's your point? So get to your point. So what's the conclusion? So what does this do for me? So how is it changing my life? That's a question of midas. A question of Moichin is, who decided that truth is so small that it's capable of changing your life today? Who decided that? Maybe you have to conform to truth. Truth doesn't have to conform to you. Why does truth being put into such a box that it's capable of changing my life? Maybe I don't have the maturity or the awareness or even the ability to be able to look up to that and change my life based on it. Maybe I'm too far. Maybe I'm too limited. Maybe. Stoifus and Linus. Not really. Okay. Okay. So now you're going to ask me, so what's the point? <laughs> right? What's the Bechain? <laughs> so that's the Bechain. The Bechain is that... Uh, That there's two elements in a relationship. One element in a relationship is where I am part of the experience, and one element of the relationship is where I don't have to be part of the experience. Where I could completely surrender myself and allow myself to hear something that may completely transcend my sensibilities and my emotions and my experiences. Maybe tomorrow I'll be able to translate it emotionally. Hopefully, I will expand tomorrow and a month and a year. But I can completely open myself up to something that is completely beyond me. That's, according to the Balatanya, the world of Moichen. And then there's the world of Midas. One is the brain, one is the heart. Between them there's arteries. 
that create a transition in the arteries always have to narrow and thin out the energy. One, according to him, is the skeleton of Judaism and one is the flesh of Judaism, as he will explain. One is the Atzamas and one is the Basar. If one remains only in the brain, it's a major problem. Because then you're taka detached. So all's good and fine when you're learning and you're not there and you're just focusing on the truth. But then you come back to yourself and what are you left with? You're often left with nothing. You're a dry person. You're a, you're a cold person. You're a detached person. You're a computer. On the other hand, so therefore you must have the Midas. But when the Midas are preceded by the Moichim, then the Midas are challenged to live up to Elikus. You don't dumb down Elikus to the Midas. You lift up your Midas to Elikus. You're right. I'm asking, you're right. Everything is relative. Everything is relative. What for one person is objective is for another person still subjective. If it makes you uncomfortable. Is that, is, yeah, is that, is that the, Often. Oh, right. I, I, is that the point? If it makes you uncomfortable. Yeah. Okay. In a healthy way. Okay. I don't mean in an okay. abusive way. In a healthy okay. way. You understand yes. the difference? Yes. Yes. When you hear something that makes you uncomfortable, you okay. probably know it's closer to truth. <laughs> but I don't mean uncomfortable in a nasty way. Uncomfortable in a good way. You know when you have a personal trainer and he stretches you, and he makes you uncomfortable, you say, ah, that was good. It was a good workout. It wasn't abusive. It was a, it was a workout. <coughs> if he just tells you, hey, do this, pick this up a hundred times for exercise... You know that, uh, that then you go way. home, and your muscles have a chance to get sore when you're not working them out, and to grow. So you leave here, and, and, the, and then the muscles grow. The muscles get sore, and that's how they grow from the training session, from the intense exposure. Right, right. So here's Meichen, and we go to Dominic. Yes, Midas. Like he says, I'm, I'm going home. What am I going home? to Meichen or to Midas? I don't know where your wife is this morning. Can you Yeah? There was a Yid once, yeah? In America. So, uh, this is like America in the early days. The Amaratzes here was Meiradik. So, uh, there was a, a new Rav in a shul. He came from Europe. So, everybody was a Rav. You know, they had a... Rabbi. They spoke Yiddish. They became rabbis. So, the Gabbai of the shul, they called them the, the sect, what they call the Shamashal. Huh? Sexton, yeah, they used to call him. So he comes over to him and he says, uh, Rebbe, it was unbelievable because he, he portrayed himself to the shul as everything. You know, yeah, Ken out. So Wednesday he says, by the way, which parsha are going to be reading, on, which parsha are we going to be reading on Shabbos I should be able to prepare. He says, listen, a Balkaira I am, a Darshan I am, a Baltfil I am, a Chazan I am, a therapist I am, a counselor I am. Altsbinich, aber an Novi does binich nicht. Binich ke Novi. I'm not so arrogant to tell you what we're going to do on Shabbos. I guess every week there was a different parsha. So, an Novi binich nicht. So, uh, I heard this from my father, who heard this from Rabbi Chadikov. <laughs> so, uh, so you're asking me, what, what, what are you coming home to? Anavi b'nechnesh. Other things. But if your wife was listening to the Shia, then I know what you're coming home to. Okay.
Weiter mit deinen Scheibels? That's what you're asking. Yes, I think one can never go only with Moichen or only with Midas because each one is extremely vital, each one is extremely valuable. The Mailen Midas is Poshet. Midas means emotions. I'm present. I am involved in the experience. There's a very tired marshal that one of the chassidim gave. He's known as the Rashbats. He was a chassid of the Tzamach And he once explained an idea, explained what Das is. But he gave the following marshal. In the olden days, there were Yeshuvnikas. You know what Yeshuvnikas were? Uh, Jews who uh, owned... Um, they lived like on farms, or they had inns, motels... So they lived, they lived in little, little towns. They didn't have minyanim, they didn't have shuls. They lived very, they didn't have kehillis, infra, infrastructure of kehillis. <laughs> mostly. They didn't have a chinuch. Like in villages, yeah, small villages, whether they had an inn, or they worked for the parrots, or they ran his real estate, his farms, etc. So these yeshuvnikas, yesterday there, today there, tomorrow you're going to be there. So what happens is they used to hire a malamid for the kids. They had kinderlach, no yeshivas. They had to hire a malamid who would come for a few months. He would go home, Pesach, you know, he would get paid and had room and board. He would go home with money to support his family. And he would sit with the children and teach them. Very often, these yeshuvnikas were very ignorant. They were illiterate, and they didn't even know like Ivra. They, they were very, very simple Jews who were already as little kids were working. They never had a chance to have an education. So there was once a yeshuvnik, he needed the malamed to read the letters that he got, because Yeshuvnik couldn't read. Couldn't read well. So he, the malamed would also read letters. The Rashbat said, once the yeshuvnik brought the letters to the teacher, and he said, read. And the malamed was reading a letter. Word for word, he's reading the letter and explaining it to the Yeshuvnik. And in middle, as he's reading it, the Yeshuvnik faints. The Malamed is intact. The Yeshuvnik faints. What did it say in the letter? It said in the letter that the Yeshuvnik's father passed away. He heard the news that his father passed away. He fainted. He went into a faint. So the Rashbat said, I don't understand. Who's reading the letter? The Malamed, the teacher. Who knows what it says? The teacher. Who sees clearly what it says? The teacher. The Yeshuvnik is only hearing it from the Malamed. The Malamed is not emotional. He's reading. Kalplutik. He's cold. And the Yeshuvnik, who didn't even have access to the letter because he can't read, he's fainting. The answer is, he said in Yiddish, The Malamed may have access to the information. And without that, the teacher, the, the, the villager would have not known the truth, the story. 
He has access to the information. So he said a Yid can learn in Davin in his whole life. He's reading letters. He reads and reads. He reads, he reads well. He has access to the information. It's not his father. So the reading is Moichel? Yeah. So I'm using this as a marshal for Moichel and Midas. You have access to the information, and you need access to the information. Because if you don't have access to the information, there's nowhere to go with it. You don't have access. But access to the information doesn't make it your father. It means there's a lot of information. For the Yeshuvenik, Sigmen Zayn Tate was his father. It's a different experience. So the Lubavitch Rebbe was once said over this story, and he started to speak to the Chassidim. Now you have to understand these are Chabad So part of their curriculum is to learn Chassidus every day. In the yeshivas of Tamchet Mimim, you learn Chassidus three hours a day. An hour and a half in the morning from 7.30 to 9. And then after that, Shachris, and then Gemara the whole day. Gemara and Allah, like in all the yeshivas. But then at night, from 8 or 8.30 till 10, or 8 to 9.30, is again Chassidus. So early morning and late at night, it's three hours a day. So it's a lot. It's a long time. Not enough, but something. So uh, so he was talking to the Oilam. So just to say, he'll appreciate what he was saying. He said, everybody here, Mizitz, Milan, Chassidus, Milanin, 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 Nacha Maima, another Maima, another Maima, another Maima. And then he started to cry and he says, Abbasinisht Ayatata. You don't feel that it's your father. You're not talking about your father. It's more information, more information, more information. So he said, It doesn't have an impact on you. He says, When you learn, you have to feel that it's your father. He started to cry when he said it. The marshal, the Malamit says, I mean, the guy must have been a good guy, just not my father. To give another marshal from a different extreme, but I guess the point is not so not is a little similar in every Jewish shtetl in Eastern Europe there was something called the Shtat Meshugana you ever heard of the Shtat Meshugana? Yesh Oimrim that it also came over to America Yesh Oimrim in America we like doing things by Harchava so Yesh Oimrim that we were Moisif we were the of Baltoisif so every city had a Shtat Meshugana this was the Meshugana of the town whose job was to entertain the oilam. A few times he would make a circus, he would make shows. So once the Shtat Meshugana gets up and he does a whole show, a circus, and the whole city comes, the men and the women and the children. And Malach, Malach, Malach. And one Jew is in the crowd and he's crying. So his friend says, we are depressed Jews. Finally, we have a little entertainment. Allow yourself to laugh. What do you have to... By thinking about the job and the business and the behemoths. And the, allow yourself to laugh. He says, give a cook of their meshugan. Now look at her. He says, yeah, yeah, yeah. But vozalich tonas, their meshugan is mine zun. What should I do if this quack is my child? Huh? Yeah. So you could laugh, it's fine. I can't laugh. The personalization of it is a whole different experience. That's what midis. A moichin without midis 
you read the letter, you read it, you even understand the words, you can explain the grammar, the diction, the sentences, the makeup, the composition. The Yishuvani doesn't know Aleph Beis, he doesn't know. It's a whole different experience. That's Midas, the personalization. On the other hand, on the other hand, what's Midas without Moichen? Midas without Moichen is, he's personally involved, but he doesn't have access to the information. He doesn't have access to the information. A behemoth also has emotions. A dog has a lot of emotion. It says in Kabbalah, Kelev, Kuloi Lev. Kelev, Kuloi Lev. It's Altarts. Anybody here owns a dog? Kul MS, Kuloi Lev. You take him on a walk, and every few seconds, where's the Balabas? Where's the Balabas? Where's the Balabas? For some kids who never fell into addiction and these things, having a dog is not a bad thing. Sometimes it saves them. Because they learn that they're valuable. They don't know that they're valuable. Nobody told them they're valuable. And here the dog thinks, for them. and even when they're in their bad mood, and they're in a horrible place, right? Their father says, come on, get your act together, you nut job. But the dog always loves you, and is there for you, and always worships you. So sometimes it's very helpful for them. That's a separate sugya. That's Rabbi Lankri's sugya, with his farm, and the animals, and everything else. But it's very powerful. Kulei leif. Animals have emotions. Animals have very heavy emotions. Elephants. You know about elephants? Never forget. They never forget. There's very deep connections. Animals have very deep emotions. But, there's an expression in Yiddish. What does she emote about? What's her range of emotions? I'm looking for food, I'm looking for this food, that food, that food, that food, that food, that food. The range of emotions is extremely, extremely primitive. We're talking about Ashtok Meshugana. In the city of Lubavitch, which is a little, little village, very little. I was there, it's in Belarus, very tiny village. That's where the Mittler Rebbe was, it's a Machzedek was, there Maharash was, there Ashab was, and there Rayats. And uh, there was also Ashtot Meshugana. Ashtot Meshugana there, which Lubavitch still has. And Yashayim, uh, more than one. But that's a separate sugya. And uh, he was there. Now the Maharash, the Rebbe Maharash, it was very hard to see him. First of all, he was sick. He was a sick man. And the Shtot Meshugana wanted to go on Yechidus. He wanted to go into, and the Gabba didn't let him. That was sugar, and he didn't let him go to the Rebbe. So what happened? The Rebbe Manash, for his health, had to go on a walk every day. So he had a coach, a wagon, and he'd come to the wagon, and the coachman would take him to the forest, and he would spend some time, and then he would come back. So the Rebbe went on the wagon and started to drive. This Shtot Meshugana jumped on the wagon, so the Gabba couldn't stop him, and he sat down right near the Rebbe, and they had a whole conversation. He's asking, the Rebbe's asked, talking back and forth, a real Meshugana. He finishes, he's excited, he jumps off the wagon. The Chassidim are upset at him, they're angry, the chutzpah he had. So he says, they want, you don't let me go into the Rebbe, you don't let me go in, I have to do this. Next time, let me go in. 
said, we're going to give you makas, but tell us what happened. So I'll tell you what happened. I had a big dilemma. <coughs> what was your dilemma? He says, there's another shtat meshugana in the city of Minsk, in Lithuania. He came to visit me. He told me that he's bored. And Minsk is a big city. So he asked me to join him as a shtat meshugana in Minsk. And in Minsk, you have much more people, more than double than in Lubavitch. So there'll be enough money for me and for him because there's much more people. So what do I have to be in Lubavitch alone and he's in Minsk alone? I'll join him. There'll be Tzvei Shtat Meshugayim. And therefore, I should move. No. So what do you do? He says, I don't do things without the Rebbe. So that's why I went to the Rebbe and I asked him. You didn't let me go and I jumped on the wagon. No, what's the Rebbe gesagt? The Rebbe said, he doesn't think I should do it. Why? Lubavitch also needs one. And here, you're the Melech. Once you go to Minsk, there's a second fiddle. You're already subservient. Esh and the Melech. It's not good for your self-esteem, for your identity. For your... Here, everybody loves you. Everybody cherishes you. You're the man. Taka, we have a much smaller oilam. Emes? Right, what do they say? Uh, a big fish in a small pond, right? Then a small fish in a big pond. You want to be a big fish in a small pond? Because you're the fish. You're the fish. It's another mahalach. He says, we know you, we care for you, we love you. Most case statements. My advice is, blibda. The prospects of Parnosa there. Agashmaka. says, yeah, but dignity is equally important. Your dignity, your self-esteem, your identity. And we'll help you out. We'll help you out financially. Good. Did that bird gizok? I jump over the wagon. So they turn to him and they say, "No. What are you going to do?" He says, "What's the question? What I'm going to do? I'm going to listen to the Rebbe. I'm going to stay." I, the guy, said it's so promising to go to Minsk and this. He says, "So what?" But the Rebbe said, "This is what I do. It makes sense. I'm going to stay here." They said to him, So he said a famous expression that they used to chazer for generations. Rabbi Isai, he said, Meshuge, Meshuge, Abeseichel daf mehabn. The hest, Meshuge, Meshuge, Abeseichel daf mehabn. The Rebbe said to stay blyfman, Mehabn seichel. Huh? How do I translate? Meshuga, you know what it means. Huh? How do you translate that? No, no. Not crazy. There's no such thing. Meshuga, Meshuga. But Seichel you have to have. Seichel means wisdom, perception, perceptiveness. You can't lose your mind in your Meshugas. You have to have Seichel. So I'm going to use the line of this Shtat Meshugana, <laughs> wherever he is. Rebendo Futafas used to say the story. Meshugana, Meshugana, B'Seichel Dafmanab. Everybody's a Meshugana, right? The only people I know that are normal are the people I don't know. And if somebody's really normal, then I don't want to know him. <laughs> because we connect to the Meshugana in each person. The Meshugana in me connects to the Meshugana in you. Right? Normal people, perfect people are usually dangerous people. 
It's the it's the weakness of a person that makes him human, that makes him vulnerable, that makes him authentic, that makes him divine. Because God is perfect. For perfection, we don't need people. We have God. What do we need people for? We need people for imperfection. For perfection you have, without the world, it would have been much more perfection. For God, we have perfection. People we need for imperfection. To ask questions. For growth. For growth. For... for we need people for imperfection, not for perfection. Perfection, we go. We have God. To, let's put it differently. God needed people for imperfection. What did Hashem gain through the creation of the world? He was perfect. He wanted to experience growth. How can perfection have growth? How can perfection experience growth? Only through imperfection. So God took a part of Himself... And he implanted it into the world. And every soul is a chelik elika, and there's growth. There's challenge and growth. So we all have meshugas. Seichel means a person has to be able to open his mind to the truths of life, to the truths of elikus, to the truths of godliness, to the truths of Torah, to the truths of Pnimisa Will everything be translated emotionally today? Love Dafka. Love, Dafka, everything I learn, I can right away experience emotionally and make it my father. But I have to begin with that process. Because what that does is, it allows my emotions to operate on a much prof- in a much profounder place, in a much more mature space. It allows my emotions to grow, to be challenged, to expand. If not, I could re- have the emotions of a dog. I remain in a garbage can, eating bones and getting excited about it. Yeah. Yeah. All middas needs awareness. Every middah is based on awareness. There's no emotion without awareness. Every emotion comes from awareness. I emote to somebody based on a certain awareness. Right? Look at any emotion you have. There's something your mind is telling you about the person or about the thing, and therefore you're developing an emotion. Well, now you say, I have an emotion, you don't have an emotion, you have an awareness that's, exp- that's manifesting itself in an emotion. An emotion is the manifestation of a thought. The way the thought manifests in the heart, it's called an emotion. It's a thought that is manifesting itself. In Chassidus, thoughts and emotions are called ila and olu, like a baby and a mother, like an apple tree from the seed. It's an ila and an olu. The machshava is the ilah, and the midah is the alu. It's the manifestation of the machshava. All thoughts begin, all emotions begin with thoughts, with awareness. That's why when you change awareness, the emotions change. You reframe a story, your emotional response changes. We never respond emotionally to any particular story. We respond to our, to our awareness of the story, to our thoughts of the story. Somebody tells you something and you're like, oh, I can't deal with this, right? I could hear the same thing and I doesn't do anything for me. Or the other way, right? Change the filter, it's a new, new story. It's a, it's, it's, a different, it's a different perspective because he changed the filter through which his awareness is processed. So all midas is preceded by moichen. And the value of moichen is... That Moichin allows the full expansiveness of transcendence, even though in Midois it will always have to be translated in a personalized way.
So even the Malamdan now have space in the I understand that they're not they're not perfect, and it's yeah. okay. They make mistakes. Yes. For you to be able to go back to your teacher, mm-hmm. huh? And reframe the story and understand where he may be coming from. You know, he was not, he is not, I don't know where he is and who he is, but. Uh, Ask him again the same question. Huh? Yeah, you know, he's also limited. He's not perfect. Even though he was your teacher, he's not perfect. He makes mistakes. It doesn't make him right, but understanding in our life. It doesn't make him right at all, but it means that he's human. He's not a bad person either. Yeah. Um, well, I don't know. For eight years, they're laughing from a kid for a question. Wasn't the same Rebbe for eight years? Why did he allow a class for a whole year to laugh from a kid? That was a terrible, terrible mistake that he made. A terrible, terrible educational mistake. But in his mind, he was disciplining him that he shouldn't ask stupid questions, and he accomplished it. He never asked a stupid question again. You know why? Because he never asked a question again. It took him 30 years to ask another question. If you don't ask questions, you don't ask stupid questions. He had to come some therapy yes. here. He sat here for a few months without asking. <laughs> now he already asks. He still he doesn't only, ask everything, he but he asks. What? I think all. No, it is. I think every person, each of us is a parent, each of us is an educator in our own way. I think we begin with ourselves. I think it's our duty to uh, try to help all educators see their children in a different light, not do these types of things. This class is brought to you by the yeshiva.net. Please help us continue the classes. Make even a small contribution at www.theyeshiva.net slash donate.